This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Hello and welcome to Campus Voices. My name is Jonathan Lopez, and I am joined today by Margaret Bowles, a ceramic artist and professor here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She has been teaching ceramics at a college level for over 25 years and is still teaching her students about the world of ceramics today. So, Margaret, when did you first discover your love of art? Um, I actually did art all through grade school, junior high school, high school. I decided in uh, early in high school that I was going to go to school for art. Um, and then it was just a matter of convincing my parents. <laughs> so, um, so I've pretty much always been interested in art and didn't know that it could be a career, but hoped it could be and um, went straight from high school to art school and never, never left school, in fact. Wow, that's incredible. How often do you find yourself creating art? Um, well, it is my job. So um, so I, I don't know if you know how it works for professors of art, but our um, research is actually our creative activity. So pretty much 50% of my job is making my work in the studio. Um, the other half is teaching. And then, you know, a small per percentage of that is service to the university or to the community. So um, for any given week, I probably spend two or three days in the studio. Um, it's, it's gotten better for me over the years. It, earlier on when I was teaching, a l much larger portion of my job was developing classes and research f towards teaching as opposed to research in my studio. But I'm, I managed to carve out quite a bit more time in my studio in the last few years. Well, how cool. How much time goes into a piece of art? on average? Well, I do ceramics, so, um, so, and most of what I make is either pottery or vessel-oriented, more sculptural vessels, um, and I happen to be a hand builder as opposed to working on the pottery wheel. Um, any given vessel might take me two or three days, but I'll be working on 10 or 15 of them at any one time, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you manage that? How do you choose which one you would like to work on in any given day? Well, normally I have a project, uh, ongoing project, that involves research and study and then form development and then production of pieces. Um, and so uh, right now I happen to be working on a series of work that was inspired by um, historical Etruscan and Apulian ceramics from the Italian peninsula. Um, so uh, most of what I do is um, first reproduce those vessels and then develop uh, my own forms and form language and surfaces from uh, from making those things. And so, so it's a long sort of involved process to think about what I'm going to make, but, um, but uh, usually I have a series going. And when a series ends, then I, I cast about and find a, a new sort of um, area to investigate. Very interesting. So in 2018, I know you took that sabbatical trip to Italy mm -hmm. that you've just mentioned. Yeah. How does that trip or how did that trip affect the art you've made since? Um, well, it affected it quite a bit. I didn't really, um, you know, I, I don't know if um, listeners 
uh, know about sabbaticals, but faculty um, every six years or so are given um, development leaves in order to uh, work on their research and, or in my case, creative activity. And so um, this happened to be the first time I've had an opportunity to, um, to take time off to focus exclusively on my work. And so I developed a research project um, that involved travel sort of deliberately because um, it was my big chance <laughs> to go places that I hadn't been in a really long time. And when I was um, when I was an undergraduate student, I, I went and did study abroad for a semester um, in Rome, in fact. And I hadn't been back in, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. And so I thought I should develop a research project that involves going to Italy. So I can see where, see if the seeds of my aesthetic development um, were uh, were still relevant, in other words. So, um, and coming back to how it affected my work, it really, um, as I as I left for Italy, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing there. I just went to a lot of museums. I looked at a lot of things and just started um, making things based on what I saw. And it's developed into a body of work that I'm still continuing to work on. So Very interesting. Yeah. Well, now I'd like to shift gears a little bit here and ask you a few questions about how art can sort of function as an outlet for people looking to express themselves mm-hmm. or to relieve anxiety or things like that. Mm-hmm. So in your personal experience, how can art function as an outlet? Well, it depends. You know, in my when I am working with students in the classroom, of course, it's a class. There's requirements. There's deadlines. There's a certain amount of labor that you have to do. There's research. There's studying. And so um, doing art in the context of the classroom is maybe not as stress relieving as some people might think it would be, right? I think a lot of people do take art classes in order to sort of get away from academic Academics. Um, and uh, I think it's a great relief from academics because it uses a completely different part of your brain, right? The, the, the creative, expressive part of your brain is, um, is something that I think needs regular exercise. So, um, so and, and, and uh, ways of developing self-expression, um, as I said, are really easy to find in ceramics, right? Because it's physical, you're interacting with the material directly. Um, and I think it is a really sort of visceral way to sort of turn off certain parts of your brain. How have you seen art benefit your students in your class? Um, I think uh, it allows students to communicate in ways that are different from the way that they're used to communicating academically. So the way that we do things is I set up a scenario in which students, uh, an assignment that is intended to get people's creative juices flowing. Students then do research. They come up with ideas. They do some drawings. We have a conversation about their ideas. We choose an idea that will best fulfill the the parameters of the assignment, and then they make, right? Um, 
Um, and then after pieces have been made, we all get together and have a big group discussion about what everybody's done. And so I feel like um, that discussion about the artwork is really productive in a lot of ways because they get to get input from their fellow students as well as from me about what it is that they've communicated, right? And so, and I think that um, that they learn in any given semester how to communicate using means that are not verbal, right? And not even necessarily narrative, right? It doesn't have to be a story. They can communicate through color and line and shape and form. And, um, and I think that that is an eye-opening experience for a lot of people. There was a study from the United Kingdom showing that making art with a group of people helps facilitate social connections and creates feelings of connectedness. Do these feelings of connectedness apply when you are creating art with your students in your classroom? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, as I said, it's easy to get students engaged in ceramics because um, it's such a physical medium and it's really fun to do. Um, and I think in the in the ceramics classroom, there's much less sort of me lecturing and them taking notes and a lot more all of us sort of having conversations about what it is that we're doing, right? I used to always say that I learned as much as a student from my fellow students as I did from my faculty members, and I think that's the case in art school, right? They're there all the time. They're there in the middle of the night. They're there in the morning. I'm only there for the three hours that we're in class, right? And so I think students really have lots of conversations about what it is they're making with one another in a particular classroom, but they also learn a lot from the graduate students who are in and out of the studio or the advanced level students who are there working as well. So um, it's a kind of a group effort in ceramics. How often do you yourself use art as an outlet? Well, I got to say that I can't imagine not making artwork. I think because it's been a practice, a regular practice for me for most of my adult life, that when I can't make artwork when I have a really busy semester and I'm not getting in the studio as much as I like, I feel a certain amount of anxiety and I feel like the graduate students have that same um, and my fellow faculty members have that same feeling, right? Like once it is a part of the way in which you live your life, it's really hard to do without it. So I rely on it. But part of it is also looking and drawing and thinking about art as much as it is making it. Do you think that there is any kind of art whether it's ceramics like you know a lot about or just art with pen, paper, paint, any of those kind of things. Is there a certain kind of art that is best to be used as an outlet? I don't think so necessarily. I mean, first of all, I just want to make it clear that I, I think that art as therapy is really different than art as a career, right? That the two are um, related but not the same. And uh, while often the subject matter of people's work is their personal, um, their personal lives and their development, maybe their childhood, maybe a personal narrative, that's not, that's not always the case. Art is helpful, but as I said, it also um, is an involved career, right? And it involves doing things that um, don't necessarily lead to better mental health, right? Um, having said that, um, I do think that pretty much any kind of art can be helpful to you. 
Um, and there are definitely 2D people in the world and 3D people in the world, people who really like doing physical activity and, um, and interacting um, with objects more than they like creating images, right? And vice versa. So, and I see that in the classroom. There are people who lean much more towards um, either digital or two-dimensional rendering of things, and that's the way their brains think. And then there are people who really think dimensionally. I see. How can non-professional artists use art as an outlet? As a teacher, we teach students sort of how to develop their work, right? How to have a career in art, whether it be ceramics or drawing and painting, how to um, market their work, how to um, how to think more intellectually at higher levels about their work. Um, and none of that is absolutely necessary in order to simply have fun in the studio, right? And I've taught plenty of community classes, and I do that actually on a pretty regular basis in the summers. I go to art centers across the country and teach two or three week, or excuse me, one or two week classes to adults whose avocation is ceramics, right? People who are, do it as a hobby. And um, those kinds of classes are really different than the kinds of classes that I teach at the university. Um, but I do think that they really are fulfilling for those people whose careers are not in the arts, right? So, and, and you know, they're accessible to everyone. Do you think having a higher understanding of the specifics that go into ceramic or art in general can affect how you would use it as an outlet? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you can certainly buy pre-made clay and buy pre-made glazes. Um, there are electric kilns these days where you just push a button and it fires it to the correct temperature. Um, but the more uh, the more you enter into the an understanding, a deeper understanding of the clays and developing your own clay bodies and the glazes and developing your own glazes and the kilns, firing your own kilns, um, especially atmospheric kilns, which are gas-fired kilns, the more you control you have over the output, right? And the more individualized your creative activity can be, right? So the you can control color, you can tr- control um, surface, you can control depth of surface. It's it, it, it can be as involved or as um, superficial as you choose, right? And I happen to have a colleague in um, ceramics who um, who pretty much only uses commercial materials. He's been working in clay for longer than I have, but he is a genius at getting those commercial materials to do unusual and exciting things, right? So, so, um, so one is not good and the other bad. Thank you so much for joining me, Margaret, for Campus Voices. You're I've welcome. I've been Jonathan Lopez, and thank you all for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to knu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.